We're glad you've joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called The Power of the Resurrection, and today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Total Victory. Now, we've been celebrating Easter this week. I hope that the work of Jesus continues to bless your heart this week. Think about how many things uh, we think are victory but are not total victory. Uh, Think about victories that we have that, um, you know, you win a big championship, you got the victory. Uh, But as soon as you're done with that, they're always asking you about next year. And how is the team going to be next year? Or, Or we have a victory, we think it's total victory, but it's not, at least in the other team's mind, it's not conclusive. Or there's some repercussions. We won, but some people are ticked off, and now we got to deal with that. Or whatever the situation, it's victory, but it's not what? Total victory. And what I want to talk to you about today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if anything is a statement about what is to come, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as Paul concludes this study on the resurrection, uh, he's going to be pointing to the word victory, because the resurrection isn't just about something we celebrate as Christians, it is a reminder that someday... As a result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are going to experience, this world is going to experience, everything we know is going to experience the total victory of Jesus Christ. The only question is, how soon we actually see it locally? Let's go to God's word. Uh, Let's begin reading 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15 and verse 50. Paul says, I tell you, uh, brothers... Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Then Paul skipped down to verse 53. Paul continues in this concept. He says, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. I want you to write this down in your notes. A total victory requires that I receive a new body. Now notice in this text here, uh, it says first, it talks about inheriting in verse 50. Then in verse 53, notice that Paul says, for this perishable body, now keep in mind, this whole discussion on the resurrection is really targeting the aspect related to our physical bodies, okay? He says, your physical body must put on the imperishable. Now, I don't know what you were doing this morning, but I'll tell you, in addition to whatever you ate for breakfast, all of us did one thing, every single one of us. When we got up in the morning, we put on our clothes, okay? And the same here, Paul's using a clothing metaphor picture to describe what must happen, okay? Um, um, if you got up in the morning and you forgot to put on your clothes, you have your, still have your pajamas on, and you walked out to the car, your wife would tell you, you What? must put on your clothes. I ain't going to church with you looking like that, okay? Maybe you had to say that to some of your kids who weren't so convinced. Oh, I can wear this. This is totally in. I mean, we were at the babysitting night the other day, and they all wore pajamas. Why can't I wear pajamas to church on Sunday, okay? Uh, but the reality is you must put on a something different. I'm going to explain a little bit more of that in a second, but there's really something cool going on in here. Verse 50, if you notice in verse 50, it says, a flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable, what's the word there? Inherit, inherit. Now, in addition to this clothing metaphor, 
There's what theologians would call a inheritance motif. Okay? Now, for some of you who are golf, how many of you like golf here? Okay? Now, uh, the biggest season in golf every year just happened a couple weeks ago at the Masters. And what is the thing that happens at the very end of the Masters? Puts on the green jacket. Okay? And if I just look, if I didn't see anything else in the entire time, but I just see a picture on uh, Sports Center, the news, and I see somebody with the green jacket, what does that tell me? He won. And forever he will be a part of the Masters in Club because he has a green jacket. Okay? Now, uh, when, when it comes to us living for Jesus Christ and us becoming what is total victory, and as we, be, as we inherit the kingdom of God in a fuller sense, a total sense, a complete sense, well, Paul's saying you're going to have to put on a body that is suitable for the inheritance to which you've been given. In essence, he's saying you're royalty... And now it's time to put on something that displays the glory of God and the uniqueness of what you've been called to. You've been called to reign with Jesus Christ through all eternity. And it's time, at some point, you're going to have to put on a body, put on what is equal to what you've been called to. Okay? A clothing metaphor, a robe, if you will, that is the body that we will put on. Now notice in the text, it's pretty clear about something. Verse 53, it says, for this perishable body, uh, is, it, is it inconclusive? Here, look at my Bible right here. Does it say right there that we can? What's the word? Must. 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 Yeah, it's not on the screen this time. Um, <laughs> must. Must. You, it, it's not like, you know what, maybe... Maybe. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I might choose to just keep this body. I'm not sure if I like the idea of a glorified body. There's, there's no choices here. If you want to reign with Jesus Christ, if you want to be in eternity, you're going to get a glorified body. And I'm going to tell you, this is not a hard choice. Okay? Um, we've talked about that in the last few weeks. But think about this. You cannot be a king without some new headgear. You can't. It doesn't work that way. It might mess your hair up, but you have to wear it. You cannot go into space without a, you can't be an astronaut, can't go into space without some new gear. You'll die. Okay? And the same here, Paul's saying, you cannot go into the what's to come unless you put on a new body. So most of us should be pretty jazzed about what's coming next. I'm getting a new body, which I must put on, uh, but it's imperishable. Now, most of us, um, and I can tell you for sure, my family has experienced the pain of the perishable. Uh, with what's going on with my grandmother and the fact that she's passing away, there's a, a sense of this body is just dying and going away. Now, for most people, it, gives, it leads them to hopelessness and just sadness. But for those of us who are going into eternity with Jesus Christ, we're excited. We're excited. What's coming next? Uh, when do I get to put it on? Can I put it on yet? It's like the kid who wakes up and it's time for his first baseball game. He's like, can I put it on yet? I mean, you've been sleeping in that uniform for four days. But yes, you can put on the uniform that now shows who you are. That's how we should look at it. I love this. Not only are our bodies a part of our inheritance, but our new bodies are living proof. Our new bodies will be living proof that death has died and that Christ reigns, okay? Um, I, if, if, you were, if you were in your 
a resurrected body right now, I would look at you. I wouldn't have to wonder if you're belonging to Jesus Christ. I would know it. Okay? From then on, through all eternity, our bodies are the posters for the reality that Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning. No more questions are, do you belong to Jesus? Well, you're shining, you look pretty cool, you're pretty suited up, you must belong to Jesus Christ. Okay? You definitely don't belong to Buddha. You definitely don't belong to anything else. You belong to Jesus because look at you. Now, some of you might wonder, well, what is total victory? What, what is the fullest sense of total victory? In essence, death died at the tomb. Sin died at the cross. Now think about Satan like this. After the cross of Jesus Christ and sin was defeated, um, Satan's kind of like a bee without a stinger. Okay? He's making a lot of noise, but he has no more stinger. And death and sin in the work of Jesus Christ were finally defeated forever. The only question is how we're going to roll that thing out. Okay? Now I, you think about World War II in the middle of Europe all the chaos going on, people in concentration camps, in, in just practical slavery. Well, I'll tell you, there was a moment when the allies had won the victory, uh, but they were still waiting for that to be rolled out in the local precincts, okay? And that's, in essence, what's happening right now. The victory's been won. It's just a matter of rolling it out, and that's up to God as to how that's going to be rolled out. But I want to tell you what to look for in terms of it being rolled out. Let me put up a screen here. There's a couple things that I want you to see. The first thing to look for, when will I have evidence of total victory? Here's the first one. You'll have a new king. Okay? Last I checked, we still have a president and a congress and all of that. But someday a day is coming when the perfect God-man will rule uh, locally here from Jerusalem. There will be a clear sense that there is a new king. In fact, Revelation eleven fifteen tips this off to uh, what's, what's happening, when this is going to be happening. It says, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Matthew 28, 18 tells us this. It says, Jesus told his disciples after he had been raised, it said, Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So clearly, Jesus Christ has all the authority. He is the new king. The question is when he's going to roll that out completely. That's the only thing we're waiting on right now. Now let me give you a second thing here. Evidences of total victory, a new creation. Okay, we still live in a world where there's brokenness, where there's pain where there's disasters, where there's um, the rain that brings life to my grass is the same rain that's flooding my parents' house. All of the things going on in this world, we experience the ongoing brokenness that um, while I'm a changed new creation on the inside, uh, that hasn't quite hit everything around me. We all agree? But Revelation 21.1 says... Then I saw, John says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and the sea was no more. Uh, there's a time coming when God's going to, just as he uh, set the world into motion and created, uh, he's going to recreate. Done with chapter one, on to forever. And he's going to create it and make 
the world what it should have been and what it will be. Then thirdly, what we've been studying, new bodies. We're going to get new bodies. Um, So long as you feel pain, you hurt, you have to wear crutches every once in a while, you get sick, you get stressed, you get all those things. Just a reminder to you, I haven't quite got there yet. But the evidences of total victory will be in new bodies. Here's the last thing. A new people. Now, I don't mean uh, a different as in different people. I mean new people as in transformed people. A new redeemed people. Revelation 21, 3 through 4 says this. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and he will, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Are we all looking forward to that day? That's when total victory is completely evident. Total victory is a new people who receive new bodies, who live in a new creation, who serve a new king forever. That is total victory. Amen? Hi, this is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. Did you know that these Meeting with God messages actually come from sermons given at our church home, Vertical Church Columbus? You know, in addition to hearing God's word proclaimed every week, you'll find a warm, loving church family of authentic followers of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus, Ohio, but are not currently connected to a church home, we'd love to invite you to visit us at 1290 Old Henderson Road in Columbus near the intersection of 315 and Henderson Road. Now, we're just talking about one aspect of that. I want you to notice something interesting. Um, Going back to Matthew chapter 28, it said, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, what he says next is really important. He says, go therefore and become a scientist so you can make a new creation for me. Or go therefore and be a militia so you can take over the actual physical authority on earth. Does he say that? No. No. Our mission on earth is to go, therefore, and make disciples. You are to be a part of the new people, a representation of the kingdom of God on earth, awaiting the other three to come into play. Amen? Well, the truth is, um, the total victory is something we're all waiting on. And notice what it says here in the text. Let's look at verse 51. It requires that we be changed. Some of you might be like, well, when? When will we be changed? What should I expect to happen when I'm changed? How is this process going to happen? Why don't you jot this down in your notes first before we read this. Um, I should expect total victory to bring quick and comprehensive change. I should expect total victory to bring quick and comprehensive change. Paul says in verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Uh, Sleep in the New Testament here is not talking about sleep, what some of you are contemplating doing right now. That's for this afternoon. I'm just kidding. We shall not all sleep. It means uh, sleep as in, uh, that's kind of a a, a picture of death. That's how Christians refer to death. Uh, Most people in the world out in this neighborhood, death is the end. It's over. For those of us who are believers, we know it's not the end. It's just a matter of, you know, I'm passing into a new reality and For those of you who have sleep, you quickly pass into a new reality, right? 
Then notice that it says here in the text, says, Behold, I tell you a mystery, not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. No matter whether you have passed away by that time or whether you're alive when Christ returns, we will all be changed. In a moment, kind of a cool thing here, the word in Greek, moment, is the Greek word atomos, from which we get our English word, Adam. And uh, what the reason when he says in a moment, he's talking about the small, it was in Greek, that was the smallest, 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 indivisible, it was so small, it was indivisible amount of time. So when they would refer to something that was so small that you couldn't divide it, that's the word they used, atomos, in a moment, in a split second, something that couldn't be divided so fast, you couldn't, you couldn't split that moment in half. Paul says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Just as the atom bomb in a split second created devastation and death, so every atom in our body, if we're alive at that moment, will be altered in a split second into our glorified bodies to be with the Lord forever. That's how fast it's going to happen. Just as destruction comes fast, so new life, resurrected bodies, glorified bodies with the Lord forever will happen in a moment. It's not going to be something gradual. It's not going to be over the course of a couple of hours. You're going to sort of start to change and morph into something else. It's going to be in a split second. When will the change happen? Then notice here in the text again. When does it say? When is the change coming? Two words. At the last trumpet. Last trumpet. Now, there's a lot of discussion about when that is. Um, some of you who are pretty fired up about uh, the study of the end times um, are probably really excited about this verse. And um, I want to read a couple of verses that I think parallel the description given here. Matthew chapter 24. I notice the similarities between these two verses I'm going to read. And... Um, or two passages in what we just read in verse 52. Matthew 24, 29 to 31 says, and immediately after the tribulation of those days, many believe that's the seven-year tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Then 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, again referring to the coming of Christ. Notice this, it says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, those who have died, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command and with the voice of the, an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another uh, with these words. 
Now, I think the last, I'll just tell you what I think, having studied God's word on this, I think the last in last trumpet uh, means last. And I believe that in studying these passages, I believe that it's referring to the final coming of Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation when all believers are caught up together and are with the Lord uh, forever. I believe that's referring to the return of Christ. Now, I will say this. um, There's disagreement on that. And um, uh, there's some that think that last here is not the last, last trumpet. Now, I always get a little, little bit concerned when I hear people interpreting things differently, but I'll read to you what someone said. You would know this person. It says, this change will occur at the last trumpet. I do not think, this writer writes, that this trumpet necessarily will be the last heavenly trumpet ever sounded. It will, however, be the last as far as living Christians are concerned, for it will sound the end of the church age when all believers are removed from the earth. Um, I honestly just believe last is last. And uh, some of you are like, well, like if you're keeping track on your end times thing, what does Pastor Luke believe or what does the church believe about X? Well, let me just say this. This is not a major, okay? You can disagree with me on this. I'll say that and talk about that in a second. But for those of you who are trying to understand what I'm talking about, verse 52 is a critical verse in understanding when the Lord comes back. Because if you, if you see this last as the last time that Jesus Christ is coming, the last trumpet... Um, then you would be a post-trib um, or post-tribulational rapture position. Uh, that means that Jesus Christ is going to allow some things to happen, some really sad things where the kind of Satan does his last, well, not his last thing, but his second to last thing, does his thing. There's a great deal of uh, suffering on the earth. There's a, some of you have heard of the Antichrist. That's during this period of time for about seven years. And then uh, Jesus Christ at the end says, enough is enough. This is never, ha- this is done. And that's when he comes and uh, he raptures believers who are on the earth and those who are dead are given their new bodies at the same time and Jesus comes to rule and reign. That's one position. The other position, fairly popular, is what's called the pre-trib position, which means that Jesus Christ comes before the seven-year period, raptures the whole entire church and uh, dead believers are given their new bodies. At the beginning of the tribulation, the tribulation happens, some believers are, are what become believers are allowed to go through that period of time. Then Jesus comes again. Okay, and, and pre-trib believers would hold that verse 52 is talking about the coming before. Again, I'll say, I think last is last. That's just my position, but you can feel whatever. If you've studied this and you come to a different conclusion, I'll leave that up to you and the Lord. Um, let me say this, though. I think we ought to, A, three things we ought to hold to on the coming of Christ. First, Jesus Christ is coming. Okay? And if you don't, uh, don't get lost in the details of the fact that he will come like this, or I'm expecting it like this, remember that we all ought to have a lot of humility. The last time he came, the most exegetically driven, Bible-centered people completely missed it for the most part. So we ought to have a little humility about all the details and how it's all going to look. So first off, Jesus is coming. Second of all, uh, this is my position on the uh, rapture. Hope for pre-trip. Plan for post-trib, <laughs> and trust God in the mid of whatever, okay? Here's the thing that I think we, we really need to wrestle with, because this very well could be the generation where Jesus Christ does return. I think that's pretty likely within my lifetime now. I remember my dad, this was hilarious, when I was a kid, um, he told me this story. When my dad was young, so we're talking early 70s now, 
Some of you are like, wow, I'm as old as his dad is. Um, he was in college, before he went to college. Um, do you remember all the, the, the movies that came out? This will date you right here, whether you know if these movies or not. But one was called Thief in the Night. They were all kind of a movie about the return of Christ. My dad watched those movies, and he was just coming out of high school, and he's like, well, goodness gracious, Jesus is coming back in a couple years. Why should I even go to college? Like, I'm just going to, so he went and he was a barber for a couple years. Like, he was just, I'm just going to get in a place where I can share the gospel with people because this is it, man. It's coming, and the rapture is coming. And this, well, I'm really glad he went back to college eventually and got a good job, and then we came along, and so we don't know when. He thought it was in the 70s. That's 40 years ago. I don't know when Jesus is coming. I think it will be soon. It seems like we keep getting more of those reminders. But the reality is he could wait 200 years. People thought when Hitler was, people thought Hitler was the Antichrist. And then that didn't sort of pan out. The answer is we don't know. What's the answer? We don't know. What we are sure of is that when Jesus comes back, we're going to see total victory. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Meeting with God is a listener-supported ministry which strives to share the good news of Jesus Christ each day. Our prayer is that this radio program will lift people's eyes and hearts to our Savior, Jesus. If you would like to be a part of the Meeting with God team of financial donors who make this ministry possible, please visit our website, verticalchurch.life. We are thankful for your partnership in the gospel. And as always, we hope to meet you back here at the very same time tomorrow for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.